With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey everyone, it's Taylor and Brendan from Blue and Gold Make Darlene. They tell you about the Hockey Podcast Network. Goddamn right we are. You know, there's an entire network. It's not just Blue and Gold Make Darlene. There's 31 podcasts, one for every NHL team. From terrible, horrible teams like the Boston Bruins to some of the best teams in the league like the Buffalo Sabres. Absolutely. And with that being said, if it's a terrible team or if it's a great team, no matter what, you are able to get two episodes a week from all of the hosts. New episodes come out every Monday and Thursday with new content covering everything from the latest that's going on with everyone's respective teams all the way through to doing more fun things like the many trivia games that Taylor and I have on our show. That's right. Hot content, hot takes, hot hosts. Hot hosts. You got it everywhere. Uh, and you you can find them pretty much anywhere you find your podcast. Apple, iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Spotify. Stitcher, if you're one of those weirdos like me that uses Stitcher. You use even, Stitcher? I do. Strange. I think I'm the only one who does. Okay. And even at the hockeypodcastnetwork.com if you're looking for some more info. There's a whole website That's that you right. could go check and hey, out. Maybe it's getting to that point of the season where you're getting sick of the Sabres. I know some of us are. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this West again. Coast uh, trip is about to be tough. Maybe you want to check in on some of your other favorite teams if you're one of those kind of guys. Absolutely. Well, they're all available and they're all easy to find. Gosh darn right. So be sure to check out the Hockey Podcast Network once again at their website at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com. And be sure to follow on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Blue and Gold Make Darlene. As always, I'm Brendan. I'm Taylor. And we are at day unknown of quarantining. I don't really know the day, the time, really anything about anything anymore. Uh, how are you doing, Taylor? Uh, I haven't showered in multiple days. Uh, deeply unhappy, but that's, you know, normal. Oh, good. And, uh, you know, business as usual. Just been drinking Natty Daddies and doing virtual group chats. That is not self-love. That sounds terrible. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, efficiency. It's You get a 30 for like $19 and they're all 6%. So. Oh, wow. Well, I like that. We, we, we love an economical man. Yeah, that's true. You know, got to be frugal in these, these times. Of course. Uh, yeah. So that's, that's you know, uh, th- that general tone I feel like is kind of where we're both at with I guess the NHL with life with everything is just kind of like a shoulder shrug and, and just uh, who knows what the hell's going on anymore. So that's kind of how we were feeling this episode was going to be today that we're just going to, we're going to go with the flow. We each have a quiz for each other um, that we're going to save for the end, but we figured just to at least start off the show, we would just um, chat a little bit about, you know, what's on our minds. Well, I know we've been very disappointed by how this, uh, this is all shaken out, but you know, what's not disappointing. Tell me. The Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0. Let's hear a word from our sponsor real quick. Manscaped. So this episode is sponsored by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-belt grooming, offering precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Brendan, in these quarantine times, it's easy to overlook some basic grooming. Showers are less frequent. Deodorant becomes optional. Your man parts, well, be honest, it's sort of a mess down there right now. Maybe it's time to start cleaning it up. If you're like me, be tough to keep a steady hand working with a razor in such a sensitive reason. It's dangerous. It's a dangerous game. But Manscapes redesigned the electric trimmer. They spent the past 18 months. That's that's like the entire time Phil Housley was a Sabres coach. You guys are getting to know us right now. 
perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created, they say, and just released the new and improved Lawn Mower 3.0. They sent it to me, and wow, it's incredible. I mean, it features cutting-edge ceramic blades to prevent manscaping accidents, which we all hate those. No more cuts or nicks. It's easy to use. It's safe. It's so much faster and easier uh, and safer than standard razor. So get the job done quicker, better, and safer. Uh, one of the coolest things, there's an LED light that illuminates the grooming area for a closer and more precise trimming. That can be helpful. Showers can be dark. Uh, battery lasts 90 minutes. And there's a USB-powered charging dock included. So the thing is with this, too, the product's brand new. Almost no one's used it so far. And I want, you know, all you listeners to be among the first if you're into that and also if you're a man, I guess. Not all listeners, I suppose. Go to manscaped.com, type in the code THPN to get 20% off and free shipping. That's promo code THPN at manscaped.com. Your little friends will thank you. Anyway, uh, yeah, so this has been kind of, it's, it's awful because first of all, being Sabres fans in general has been tough. It's been a tough decade. <laughs> But people like us that are also like hockey fans, I totally understand the people that just check out when the playoffs start because, you know, Sabres aren't in it. Fair enough. Right. But I, I love the NHL playoffs. I love the NBA playoffs too. And this – and March Madness, obviously, the month before that. This is like the best sports time of the year every year, March to June. And it's wrecked. Yeah. It's been completely ruined this year. I suppose baseball also should be thrown in there. But, yeah, this has been really annoying. Like, I think we'd be – probably near the end of the second round of the playoffs right now. God, Sabres would be advancing to the conference finals at this point. (laughs) Yeah. Well, we'd have to deal with, honestly, probably like a Capitals loss. Yeah. Oh, my God. Capitals got upset again. Man, imagine if 2018 didn't happen. A lot of that. Tampa versus Boston in the second round. That would have been interesting. Uh, Unless Toronto, LOL. (laughs) Unless Toronto upset Tampa. (laughs) <laughs> uh, just kidding. Uh, yeah, we'd, there'd be so many fun things, even even though life is terrible. And honestly, we'd probably be headed for the Bruins making the cup again. Or, or possibly uh, Stanley Cup winning goalie Robin Leonard. Oh, my God. That uh, I could get behind more. <sighs> than the yeah, Bruins. I guess. Yeah, like it was like last year, it, your choice was O'Reilly wins the cup or the Bruins win the cup. And I guess I take O'Reilly. So, yeah, I'd take Vegas over the Bruins, but I wouldn't be happy about it. Well, I wouldn't either, but it's kind of, um, to a much lesser extent, uh, uh, the same version of last year's scenario. I think O'Reilly definitely it, it stings a, a bit more significantly, obviously, than if it was just Robin Leonard. I think that both of them obviously have their – we have differing reasons for having the thoughts that we have um, between the two of them. Now you and I have differing opinions. I mean, Sabres right. fan in general, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I mean, it, it would have been really interesting. And I think that's the thing that's kind of shitty about all of this too, is that, you know, one of the things that's so crucial about those like stretch games at the end of March and leading into April is that you kind of get an idea of who might be hot heading into the playoffs. And really now we, don't even know like I to be completely honest don't really remember who was who was streaking towards the end of the uh end of the way like once things actually stopped and who was maybe trending down and um so yeah I don't really know I mean I I, well and that kind of brings the greater question which is you know what's going to happen like what are they going to do I mean have you thought about this at all yourself like what you think that the NHL should do yeah and we talked about this a little bit last time Mm -hmm. uh I feel like they have to make a decision soon. Yeah. So first of all, it's going to be super weird because they're going to hold the draft still in June. Like, I, I don't know. And I, I, I don't ruin have... that. We, do we want to actually talk about that first? Like the draft and how, like just the nonsense that's been going on surrounding it. Yeah. Yeah. So, part, part of me wonders, you know, you go ahead after this, but why the hell they're not just doing the lottery based on where the season ended up, but go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> So something that's been uh, pretty annoying to me is that one of the rumors that's been going out there now uh, with the the draft and everything is the NHL is looking for scenarios that if they were to do um, this expanded tournament that we keep hearing about, like 24 24 team is what we keep hearing. Um, Obviously, none of this is set in stone by any means, but uh, they are trying to go to pretty – 
extreme, we'll call them, measures to make sure that there's not a scenario where somebody could theoretically win the draft lottery and then also be involved in this playoff tournament and then win the Stanley Cup. For some um, I Yeah, it's like, come on. I mean, <laughs> obviously, like, on the surface, it's like, oh, okay, well, that makes sense. But if you take, like, what, three seconds to really think about, like, the logistics of that – I have a hard time believing that a team that is of the caliber of the Buffalo Sabres would have the ability to go on a run and win what would eventually end up being like a normal playoff, you know, series, I guess, like down the line. Cause one of the projected or uh, excuse me, proposed um, ideas was to have like the 2014 tournament where you have the top six teams from each uh, division make it in and then it starts off with best of threes and then it goes into like the best of sevens after that um, even if you get somebody who like if for example the Sabres were to beat like the Maple Leafs if this actually did end up being a thing their next opponent is probably going to be the Tampa Bay Lightning then and do you really think that the Sabres would beat the Lightning in a seven game series do you really think that the Ottawa Senators would beat uh, you know, the Bruins in a seven game series. I mean, it's, it's obviously Ottawa wouldn't even be involved with this, but like, it, it just seems like they're trying to account for a, for a problem that probably wouldn't happen. And also for what it's worth, like, I think in the grand scheme of things, like the thought of that happening is pretty crazy. Like if a team, like a crappy team won the lottery and then they went on to like win the cup, but that also like, doesn't guarantee that next year this terrible team that had a crazy string of luck is actually going to still be good, if that makes sense. Yeah, I also wouldn't call it a problem. So I don't I, even think it is either, actually. Yeah. yeah. Who, cares? Who cares? First of all, it wouldn't happen, like you said. But yeah, it would be, I don't know, it would be interesting. You know, the, the 86 Celtics were considered by some idiots still the best team of all time. Um, but they, <laughs> they, um, they were really good, and they were like, I don't know, 67 wins, something like that, dominated all the way through, incredible team, won the finals easily. And then they got the second overall pick in the draft, which it, it wasn't their pick, obviously. It was from a trade. And obviously that didn't work out very well for them mm-hmm. or for the guy they drafted, very unfortunately. But I don't think people were like, oh, my God, this is the NBA is ruined. How could this happen? I mean, I would have been mad if I was there. Right. But, like, it, I, I, I can't bring myself to care – well, first of all, I wouldn't even entertain the idea. It won't happen. There's no way. Yeah. Why would I be mad? I don't know who, which team we're talking about here. I guess it would have to be a team that is near the playoffs right now and is pretty good, but sitting outside the playoffs. What's and Edmonton? They're, <laughs> they're really the only one I could think of. But isn't Edmonton in the playoffs? I think so, yeah. yeah they're in the actual playoffs. Like They wouldn't be in the draft lottery anyway. So I don't – it's it's really weird to me, and I also think like if we're doing a thing where like you're not playing hockey by the time, you yeah. save yourself yeah. for next season. I, I don't want it to. I don't want there to be no sports, and I don't want them to have the cup or win. But I would like prefer if we could actually see sport. Like, and I if it's with no fans or whatever mm-hmm. it ends up being. I don't know. Yeah, I also feel yeah. like it, it'll be on a different note. Uh, they're going to have so much so much to plan for for next season with fans at arenas and what happens if a player gets the virus and how much they're going to do testing. That is not the worst idea. I'd love if they could do the playoffs. But it has – I mean, I feel like they really it's, – it's getting down to crunch time because the playoffs in – the, in the, I guess they, if they were going to do a playoffs, they'd be committed to finishing the regular season. You have – that'll take like three months total at least from like today if they announce that today. You'd be – pushing yourself in August, which means that I don't know how that's going to work for contracts. All this stuff. It's, that's a huge thing to keep in mind too, like with free agency yeah. and everything. I mean, I don't know. Because the thing for me, like I don't have a problem with them doing like the draft before playoffs happen, but the only way I would have a problem with it if, is if the NHL creates that problem for itself. Like. Right. 
by doing something that just makes this more complicated than it has to be. You know, it, I think that it makes complete sense if you just, you know, were to do the draft lottery the same as it has been, and then you just do it by points percentage or whatever. Like, that's what the standings are. Um, yeah. Because I think then, though, you have to keep in mind is if you are making that call that you're going to do it before hockey comes back and you're going to do it by points percentage, then you can't to me at least conceivably like have any more of a regular season, which is another thing that's been thrown out there is like, Oh, well, we'd want to have a couple of regular, regular season games to like get guys like back in the swing and they get their legs back a little bit. Quote unquote. Yeah. Like, yeah. I feel like then you to might run into to finish TV contracts basically. To Essentially. Yeah. Yeah. That's the real reason they would do that. Of course. But that's what I mean though, is what if something happens where then that would I guess screw with like the standings and then, you know, the standings for the draft lottery are different than like what the actual end of season standings are. And then that could lead to even more issues or the other side of it is you just do it and you say, Oh, well deal with it. Yeah, that's fair. And it seems like this is all going to end up with Detroit just getting the first pick, which yeah. is funny because they've gone through great lengths to have a lottery to uh, disincentivize tanking or being terrible. And <laughs> Detroit is like the worst team I, I don't know. It's, it's an unbelievably bad team, and they're gonna get the first pick. They're just getting handed the first pick. Well, that's as for as much of a fit as the league had. I mean, first of all, could we actually just both say I don't know if you agree with me on this, also, but like the lottery in general is just like so stupid. Just do reverse order and just d- stop. Um, I mean, I, I guess it's weird because like I like the lottery to an extent because it gives it's like it can be exciting for teams at the bottom and it gives you something to look forward to. But like logistically, I just think that it makes a lot more sense to just do what like the NFL does and just deal with it, I guess. But I, first of all, do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I get it, I guess, from their perspective. They wanted to make teams not want to tank like the, I think the Penguins. I think the Penguins are the reason we have it because of them tanking, quote unquote, for Mario Lemieux. But when they did that, originally they, they kind of screwed up because they're like, okay, now if you finish last, you're guaranteed a top two pick still, which is what led to the Sabres and the Michael McDavid year and the Coyotes and everything that happened that year. So I get it. They don't want scenarios like the Penguins in 84, I guess, maybe that yeah. was, or the Sabres in 2015 at home, like cheering a loss to the Coyotes. They don't want scenarios like that. Which so that's And that's, I guess, the point that I'm leading up to is that like – there was such a fuss about that, you know, and even like the following year too, with people saying like accusing like the Leafs and everything like that of doing it with Matthews, but like, yeah, you are going to go through all of that and deal with all of that and get so worked up about it that now from what reports kind of seem like, it seems like the league stance is just like, yeah, let's just give it a Detroit. Who cares? You know, big deal, whatever. Like just let them have it, you know? And it's like, yeah. well, you, you can't just, go back and forth on this like you actually need to like have like a legitimate stance like it, to me it doesn't make sense to go back to the old system like that people are talking about to do like the 2015 um like lottery system where detroit's locked in for a top two pick and like there's only like there's no yeah. three winners like how there are this time around like that just doesn't make any sense to revert back to that so. i wish i had handy what they were talking about but it seems like it's going to be like a weirder more complicated version of that but it's it's going to be it's basically it limits your ability, to, and I don't I don't even know if this is set in stone, but it limits your ability to jump, which would be very good for Detroit. But like, I don't. This isn't exactly what it is, but theoretically, the tenth team with the tenth best odds could only move up to like let's say seven. And I don't, I don't know. I don't. I should actually look, look at it right now, um, because it's it's gonna be. It's first of all, it matters for the Sabers, but it's it's very different than. Yeah, so this is what – let's see what TSN had from six days ago. It's Travis Yost, friend of the podcast. We've had Travis Yost on before, right? Uh, anyway. <laughs> no, um, okay. Con- conditions. A team can only move up by a maximum of four spots, and only one ball is drawn, drawn, so a team can only theoretically slide down by one spot. Okay. So, so, like, I'm trying to think of an example here, but if a team a team normally could jump from 10 to 1, now they can't. Right. So if you're drawn and, like, you win the lottery and you're the 10th team, you get the sixth pick. 
uh, I, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I think that they just sh- shouldn't change things as the, just do the lottery as it is now. Like, don't like switch it up, like whatever. I don't know. I guess that's kind of also good for teams because it gives them a safety net from like falling more if they could only like move back one spot. Um, but yeah, I, don't, I mean, I think that this draft is going to be pretty interesting for the Sabres because there are some really good wingers at the top and that is what the Sabres desperately need. Uh, and some wingers who have a, a little bit of different traits too, who kind of in different ways fit what might be a need for the Sabres. Well, what definitely is a need for the Sabres. So what about a, um, a stay at home defenseman? Yeah, I think that's great. Maybe they get another Matias Samuelson to pair with Matias Samuelson and it'll be great. Yeah. I, that's all I'm looking for. A defenseman that has like eight points a year, just perfectly okay, not dynamic at all. Let's get after it. I love to use my my top ten picks on those. Oh hell yeah! yeah. I mean, that's actually something though. In the coming weeks, I guess once we we get an idea of what's going on with the draft, that I I'd, I'd love to talk about more because there are some some pretty exciting names there. Um, and it'd be a lot better to talk about this if we would know actually where the Sabres are choosing. Um, so, I mean, we can, we'll, we'll get into that another time, but, uh, I am looking forward to eventually having some drafts talk for us to, to kind of go through. I mean, do you have any other thoughts on, on this at all really then other than. So the, I think there's a couple of reasons they're doing it still at the same time. One is scout contracts, which yeah. Another thing we talked about that last week. Yeah. But also I think they want to be an event like the NFL draft was where there's nothing. Well, and the, well, they, and the problem, no one will give a shit still. Well, that's what the huge problem is though with what separates. I think we made this point last week also that like what separates the NFL and NHL drafts is people have college football accessible of them to watch every single weekend, you know, during the yeah. season and beyond that, the players who get drafted, you are going to see in the league next year. Whereas with the NHL, junior hockey is not exactly the most uh, accessible, like you know, form of hockey. Uh, and on top of that, outside of every year, maybe a maximum of like three or four guys, you don't end up seeing these guys until at least a year or two later. Yeah, at least. Uh, it- and- and there's a lot more personality in college yeah. football also. That's the other huge thing. You there's a group of people like you that I would say you like you have an understanding and a knowledge of like the I don't know, like first fifteen picks or so. Yeah. A small group of guys. But after after that, there's like almost no one in the world who knows or cares who these guys are. And for good reason, because there's like almost a zero percent chance a lot of these guys will ever make it for an extended period of time. Yeah. So it's not even like you walk in with like no take on a guy and this has no bearing on what the team does next year. It's also important to note when you're looking at the NFL draft ratings that way more people like and care about the NFL. <laughs> true, true. And that, that actually, Taylor, brings up like an excellent point too because when you're talking about like, – like for the Bills, for example, like they didn't have a second-round pick. But we're ta- or they didn't have a first-round pick. They didn't pick until the second round, excuse me, is what I meant to say. But we're talking about potential options for players who they might go with in the second round, guys who they might go in the third or the fourth round in some instances. Whereas, like you said, like me, like I'm somebody, like I consider myself to be like pretty knowledgeable of like prospects and like keeping up with like the upcoming year's draft class. And I would say confidently I could probably name like 20 prospects like every year like and feel really good about it like in like maybe maybe 25 like guys who I could say that I know definitely will be drafted but with the NFL it's like a completely different animal you know you get into like those mid rounds and you know exactly the kind of guy you want like people are like hyped about the fact that we like drafted Zach Moss you know for example and like he's a mid-round pick whereas you don't really get that with the NHL like like Jake Fromm started a national championship game it was yeah, about three years, and he's uh, a fifth round draft pick. Yeah, so people will know those guys. I mean, no one knows or cares about any of the you know any of them, any of the guys in the NHL draft. So, and there's a small group of people that even know just a few of them. And then, like you said, it doesn't matter. Like you get it to the most, like four guys that you see in the NHL the next year, maybe. It's a good maybe. Draft. Yeah, 
Yeah. So that's tough. I mean, even the NBA draft is a lot more exciting and a lot more accessible. And you, you know, well, it's the same concept. Yeah. It's it's, it's the exact same concept as like with the NFL, you know, like college March badness, people are always tuned into it. You get to know the names and everything of the guys at that point. And then in a lot of cases, I mean, what that certainly more in the NHL, like than in the NHL and the NBA, I mean, obviously not everybody who gets selected in the first round is, is like on the team, you know, between like G league and everything like that. But like a majority of the guys though are there and they are making an impact in their rookie years. Yes. Yes. So you want to get to this quiz I got for you? Let's do it. So I saw someone tweet this out. Very interesting thing. 22 years ago today, Matt Barnaby came back for the Sabres in the playoffs in the, I think it was the second round against Montreal and scored a hat trick to lead the Sabres to a win. Wow. How about that? It was May 10th, 1998, and they beat Montreal 6-3, to eventually moved on and lost in the conference finals to Washington. But that made me think. Uh, that was one of the last hat tricks of the 90s. Jeff Sanderson and Dixon Ward got hat tricks after that. And then the next decade, the 2000s, our first real decade paying attention, you know, for a full decade. Oh, yeah. The Sabres had about, I think it was 20, 29. I should have counted this again. Hatricks that decade, count real quick. 5, 8, 9, 10, 12, 13, 14, 16, 19, 20, 22, 24, 28. They had 28 hatricks scored by a, a, pair, a handful of guys because there's a lot of multiples. So okay. Can you, name, can you name the guys that got hatricks? How many guys have we got? 14. 14 guys? Okay. Um, Miroslav Shatan? Yes, he had four. The Good second Lord. most. Cool. Yeah. Uh, Danny Briere? He had two. Um, Max Finneganov? He had one. Thomas Vanek? He had five. Good Lord. <laughs> he had four in a month one time, which I had forgotten about. Oh, yeah. Wow. That was a crazy run. Uh, how about Jason Pominville? He had two. Also the first hat trick of the 2010s. There we go. Well, that's five, right? Yeah. Uh, Chris Drury? He had one. Nice. Uh, Derek Roy? Derek Roy had, where is he? I have him written down somewhere. Cool. Three. Nice. All right. Um... Who else would have had a hat trick? How about uh, did JP Dumont ever? Three. Let's go. Um, I'm trying to be selective here and not just like rattle off all the names I could think. How about Alesh Kotalik? No. Damn. Um, how many more do I have to go? Like four, five? No, a little bit more than that. You have one, two. Three, four, five, six. Six more? Yeah. Okay. Um, 2000s Sabres. How about Stu Barnes? No. No. Okay. Um, hmm. Are we skewing more towards like the early, mid, or later 2000s with these guys? Or is it all? Well, we got, let's see here. We got. One, two, three, four early 2000s guys. A guy that stretched through most of the decade and then a later 2000s guy. Hmm. How about Mike Greer? Did he ever score a hat trick for us? No. I don't know why I felt like he might have randomly. Um, all forwards or any defensemen? No, all forwards. Oh. Uh, okay. Early 2000s. How many from the early 2000s are there, you said? Four. Four. The majority are the early 2000s. Yeah, four from the early 2000s, one throughout the decade, and one recent. Not recent, but end of the decade. Did Dave Andrichuk, upon his return, ever score a... No. No. Um, Curtis Brown. Correct. Curtis yeah. Brown. He had one. Cool. How about uh, Jeff Sanderson? 
No, but he had one of the last ones in the 90s. Did he? Oh. Uh, all right. Let's see. Who else we got here from these early teams? Michael Grosick? No. Uh, Brian Holzinger? No. Damn. Who else would we have here? Um, any hints you can give me? Uh, Sure. The more recent guy, the end of the decade guy, had two hat tricks in the 2000s, but he had more in the 2010s. <laughs> hmm. He had two in the 2000s. Tim Connolly? Is he on this list? No. No? How about Tyler Ennis? Nope. Damn, he wouldn't have played in the 2000s. I was gonna say I didn't know if he like came in the if because he was what like that was he the 08 draft or 09? Yeah, 08 draft. Um, all right, let's see here. Ooh, this is tough. Um, is it a really obvious name that I should know? Yeah. Hmm. I said. Manic, Pominville, Roy, I did. Connolly, Finneganov, J.P. Dumont, I'd said. Um, oh, boy, this is a rough one. I'm going to really get mad at myself, I know, once I uh, – once we get through. So, you want to move on? What's that? Go ahead. What were you going to say? There's a, a different guy who was on the Sabres throughout the decade pretty much and into the 2010s, and he was an Olympian. On the Sabres through the decades and was an Olympian. Oh, man. What continent is he from? Europe. Okay. God, I said Miro. Um, he was an Olympian. Oh, man, this is tough. It shouldn't be tough, but it is. Yeah. Is there anybody who's like really randomly obscure or is anybody is everybody there's pretty one guy that's a little obscure? He was a trade deadline guy in the early two thousands. So there's one guy in the early two thousands that was very good. There's one one trade guy from the early two thousands, another early two thousands to mid two thousands guy who was just pretty good but had two hat tricks, and then a recent guy who was good. All right. Um was good. Wasn't good by the end of his run on the team, but Okay, okay. Um, who's the one who's been here this whole time? I got to like. Well, think there's He's... another one here at the early 2000s. Very good player. I could give you a hint about a skill he had, but you might give it away. Don't give it away. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Um... Early 2000s. Here's a thought for somebody actually who was here and who I forget. Is Jochen Hesch on this list? Jochen Hesch. There he is. Is he the one who is here the majority of the time? Yep, and an Olympian. And an Olympian. Oh, yeah, Team Germany. All right. Um, so we're still majority is early, right? Yeah. We have one late 2000s guy and three early 2000s guys. God, who the fuck? And one of these guys really, really should get. How about how about Chris Gratton? Is he on this list? That's a random one. No? No, the random guy is a deadline acquisition. Steve Bernier. No, early 2000s. Oh. Um... If you want a hint, though. Not Slava Kozlov. <laughs> no, that wasn't a deadline. Right? That wasn't a real one. That wasn't a real one, I know. What was the hint? You had the right first name.
Boxlav Verrata? No. Wait, oh, what? you had the right first name earlier. Oh, I thought you were talking about when I said Slava Kozlov. I was like, Vakslav Verata? <laughs> no, not Slava Kozlov's name. Uh, the right first name earlier. Chris? No, wait. You said Steve Bernier. Oh! <laughs> you had the right first name when you said Steve Bernier. I said several first names in a row before. I was, okay. Uh... Early 2000s Sabre with the name Steve. Uh, who the hell? Don't tell me. With the name Steve. It's not. What the fork? Um, man, this is a this is a tough moment for me right now. I'm sure I'm gonna get my my ass chewed out after this. Okay, so you have four more here, four total left. Who is an early saver with the name Steve? That is like an obvious one. That's not the obvious one. The oh, trade- is it Steve Hines? Yes. Oh, oh my God! That's why I was. I literally, I don't know if I muttered it, but this entire time I'm like, what other Sabre is there besides Steve Hines like that has the first name Steve? No, this is the deadline acquisition guy, Steve Hines. Patrick almost, it was pretty soon after he got uh, picked up, but he, yeah, he was obscure, early 2000s deadline acquisition named Steve. Okay, okay. The other guy, there's a very obvious guy. Don't tell me, but go ahead. Uh, There's So the three guys left are a very obvious early 2000s guy. A guy that was there from the early to mid two thousands, who was not obvious, but he wasn't because he wasn't great, but he had two hat tricks apparently. And then the late two thousands guy, who also had two hat tricks in the two thousands. All right, so you said that there's an early guy who's obvious that I'm missing. Yes. Okay. 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 Um. Early two thousands goal scorers for the Sabers. My God, they were they were few and far between. When did he play with the team until the the obvious early two thousands guy? When was his last season? Uh, well, we'll say two thousand one. Oh, interesting. So. That probably changes things a bit then for how I'm viewing this. Um, was it Doug Gilmore when he came back? No. Dennis Hamel. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Um, oh, my God, Taylor. This is going to absolutely destroy me. Don't tell me quite yet. All right. <laughs> I want to make a real fool out of myself with this. I have three hints ready for the three guys. All right, give me it. All right, hint for the most recent guy. Wait, do the early guy first, actually. Early guy. Oh, my God, wait. Is it Michael Pekka? Yeah. Oh, okay. What do you think my hint was going to be? I don't know, but for whatever reason, it just, like, popped into my brain, Michael Pekka, and... I can't believe I was not thinking him earlier. I, I don't know why I just did not. I, I was trying to think of like more pure goal scorers, but that's probably pretty stupid of me to do. Anyways, though, okay. What's next? Well, my hint was going to be that he, he also uh, can shoot tuna cans in the shopping carts. <laughs> I don't know if that, well, that really would have given it away. All right. We got a mid-2000s, early to mid-2000s guy and a late-2000s guy. Early to mid-2000s guy. Okay. Um, how about Clark MacArthur? Is he on this list? No, no. Uh, do you have a further hint for the mid and late guy? Like, is there anything you can give me? Or yeah, the early to mid two thousands guy had a great first name. Uh, Taylor Pyatt. Taylor Pyatt. Of course, I actually knew that because he didn't he score a hat trick in a game that somebody else did too. You know what? I actually think you're right. Let me see here. Looking at where he – because I think that was like in 05, 06. It was. Yeah, let's see here. 
You know what? No, he didn't. He scored one against Washington in an 8-5 win. I knew it was a guy. Yeah, you know what? I, I thought that somebody else did that game. Wow. Okay. Taylor Pyatt. Damn. You know, that- he also scored one, a 4-1 win over Montreal in 4 Or, sorry, 3 Oh, he had two hat tricks. Yeah, he had two. This other guy, uh, the last guy here, he has two in the 2000s and four in the 2010s. What? Yeah. With the Sabres? Yeah. Oh, wait. I super know who it is. Yeah. It's Drew Stafford. It's Drew Stafford. Wow. That was – all right. That was a rough one. Not my best work. I got there. It took me a while, but I got there. Yeah. Damn. Wow. I can't believe I forgot Drew Stafford. He hasn't forgotten about you. I guess so. All right. You ready for your quiz now? It's totally different. Good. All right. So I went with more of a general approach for this one. I don't know why, but I was I was feeling something with the All-Star game. So this is a pretty a lot of fairly obvious names here but there's uh some that might be surprising though there's there's well-known names but some surprising people who would be on this um we are going to do the all-time points leaders in the nhl all-star game and we're going to do the top 20 wow point leaders in the nhl all-star game yep There's, I'm going to say you will, you should be able to name every single person on this list except for one. And he's a hockey hall of, the guy who you won't name is like an old school hockey hall of famer. New Zealand. No. (laughs) All right. Let's start. Start. uh, Let's see. I'll I'll start with some obvious ones. Wayne Gretzky. Number one, 25 points. Mario Lemieux. Number two, 23 points. Mark Messier. Number five, 19 points. Yarmir Yager? Yarmir Yager is number 17, 13 points. Okay. Well, he's technically tied for 15th, but yes. Nice. Uh, okay. What about like Joe Sackick? Joe Sackick, number three, 22 points. Peter Forsberg? Incorrect. There's only one Swede on this list. Here's a. This will be a hint. There is one, two, three, four non-North Americans on this list, and you already named one in Yager. So there's three other non-North Americans. Swede. Marcus Nasland? No, incorrect. You're on the right track. There is another Swede, though. Hmm. There's a Swede and two Russians. Well, Ovechkin yep. is Russians. Uh, is the other Sergei Fedorov? It is not. I don't think about that other Russian. Um, is Crosby on here? I know he never plays in the All-Star game. He is on here, as a matter of fact. You want to hear something ridiculous? What? Yeah. Him and an, another person on here have 13 points in four All-Star games. Wow. And he has a little bit of a connection to the person who is also on this list. Is it Malkin? No. Uh, so that's not the other Russian. A connection, huh? A very like a a loose connection, yeah. A loose connection. Is it Bobby Ryan? No. Uh, who does Crosby have a loose connection to? For uh, because of their abilities, this person has been compared to him. Connor McDavid. Yes, Connor McDavid is number nineteen, thirteen points in four All Star games. Wow. Okay, so. I figure there's a lot of modern guys, 90s on, because the All-Star game became a joke. And Correct. We'll score like 12 goals. The other Russian thing is kind of a hang-up, though. No federal. A winger. A winger, huh? I, I think don't know. popular Russians. Popular Russians? Due to his style of play, people really like him, like watching him, and he has like a really cool like highlight tape. A lot of really cool goals he scored due to his – is there a person that's been going viral on Twitter lately with their, their highlight tapes and people being like, you don't remember how good Pavel Bure was? Yes, Pavel Bure. Yeah. That's exactly what I was thinking. Yep, 14 points. He is tied for ninth. Okay. Uh, so the Russians are knocked out. So I have one foreign guy left. You have a Swede left. 
It's gonna kill me. We did a Swede quiz. Remember this? It was just like early on in the podcast in like the fall. I don't think I did that well because I couldn't remember Alex Steen existed. But yeah, God, sweet, huh? Played for a rival of ours. Matt Sundin. Matt Sundin. He's number eight. Tied, well, tied for seventh with Ovechkin. 15 points in eight games. Okay. How many guys do I have left? So now you have, let's see here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Okay. So I got half of them. All right. What's some other guys that are good at hockey? Um, is is a uh, Ray Bork on here? Ray Bork is. He is number six, 17 points in 19 games. <laughs> 19 games. Oh, my yep. God. That's nothing. He has the second most on this list. There's somebody on here who has played in 23 All-Star games. Gordy Howe. Gordy Howe, number four, 19 points. Eight to go. Eight to go. All right. One really old guy and a bunch of more modern guys. Oh, I'm trying to think. Is it like some old guy names? Dickie Moore. No. Uh, there's one There's one guess I have. Uh, I'm trying, I can't think of the guy's name from the 30s. Uh, oh, well. Is he was he born in 1938, this guy, the old guy, and he played oh. for the Maple Leafs. 1938 and he played for the Maple Leafs? So, like, throughout the 60s? He recently became an NHL Hall of Famer, I believe, actually, within the past few years. Hmm. That's interesting. Let me double check that. When was he inducted? Yeah, he played on six Stanley Cup winning teams and is a Hockey Hall of Famer. Did you know who he was before this uh, quiz? I know the name, yeah, but I not somebody that I would ever, ever, ever guess. I could tell you it if you want because I don't think you'll get it. Oh, hold on. We'll see. We'll see. Okay. All right, some other ones. Uh, he played for Toronto, Detroit, and Montreal. This guy? Yep, he played starting in 1956-57 all the way through to NHL career in 1973-74. Is his name Frank? Yes. Is it Frank um, Melovich? Yeah. Wow. Taylor. Nice. There we go. All um, right. Now you're out. You're pretty much only left with a couple of '90s, two, or like 2000s guys and modern guys. Okay. So Pat Kane. Pat Kane is on here. Yes. Number nine. 14 points. Nine games. I, sh- I guess I should guess his friend Taze. No, he's not on here. What about Hosa? He is also not on here. All right. Or European guys. Oh, right, right, right. So no Daniel Elfordson then. What about Jason Spezza? Jason Spezza, no. Let's see. Let me know when you want hints. Well, I'm gonna think of some. Okay, I when what what's the breakdown of like modern 2000s 90s? I got one, two. All right, so we have two guys who are like. 90s slash 2000s guys we have one two three three guys who break down as like modern guys and then we'll say uh one guy who's pretty firmly a 2000s guy uh is it ginlow the 2000s guy no later He's actually a little bit into the uh, 2010s, but he is specifically known because of his relation to an expansion team that he captained. Expansion team that he captained? Well. That he was drafted by. Okay. He was drafted by an expansion team. So Rick Nash? Rick Nash, number 10. Well, he's tied for number nine with Pat Kane and a couple of other guys with 14 points. All right. Uh, that's the 2000s guy. Uh, 2000, so there's three modern guys left and two 90s guys pretty much? 90s slash 2000s, yeah. Okay. All right, so what about Keith Kachuk? No. In the right ballpark, though, in terms of, like, the era – Okay. One of these guys actually is a former NHL coach. He had a brief stint with the team that he had pre- with one of the teams he had previously played for. Oh, really? And it didn't work out. 
Mm. Man, a former player being a bad coach. Shocking. Who would have thought? Oh, looking. Uh, let's played for a lot of teams. This guy, a lot of teams. Wait, so how many '90s, 2000s guys are left? Two, two '90s, 2000s guys, and then you have one, two, three modern guys. Is is Ronick on there? Ronick is not. What about Mark Recchi? Not. Hmm. I'm trying to think, who was a coach? It is not the team that he coached, but he also played for the Mighty Ducks of Anaheim. Really? Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, anyway, I'm trying to think of some, some other guys. What about Mike Madano? Mike Madano is not on this list. Did I guess Brett Hall already? Uh, you did not, but he's also not on this list. Damn. All right, so three active guys. Yeah, let's do those guys. All right, active guys. Joe Thornton? Nope. Pat Marlowe? Nope, there's a defenseman. Eric Carlson? Nope. Brett Burns? Brett Burns, yes. He has 14 points in six All-Star games. Uh, Good for him. Uh, Then you got two forwards, one Canadian and one American. One of this, one of the Americans is, uh, he was on our projected uh, lineup for the Olympic team. Wow. So it's not Phil Kessel. No, it's a very random one that you would not expect to already be in the top 20 of all-star game scoring. But he's young. Matthews? Nope. Hmm. Winger. Western Conference. North. Western Conference in the North. So that's um, Canada. Western Conference in the North. Vancouver? Not quite. What's that? Winnipeg? A little bit less. A little bit lower. Calgary? Mm-hmm. Oh, Johnny Hockey? Johnny Hockey, yes. Johnny Hockey has 13 oh. points in five pl- er, and five All-Star games. I would have not guessed him. I know. Pretty surprising. All right. So now we have one modern guy and two 90s, 2000s guys. Okay. I should probably get a Canadian modern guy. Let's see. Yeah. Be anyone. Do you want a hint? Uh, is, well, I'll guess first. Is it McKinnon? No. How many, well, how many uh, points in games do they have? They have 14 points in six playoff or six all-star games. Six All-Star games, so they're older than McKinnon. Mm-hmm. They are. They were, yeah. I'll wait to give more hints until you want them. Hmm. Let's see. Bergeron? Nope. Wait, you said winger, didn't you? No, it's a center. Oh, center. Oh, okay. Center. Uh, Younger than Bergeron. What's that? Younger than Bergeron. Younger than Bergeron. Hmm. Juicy. Former first overall pick. Oh, okay. That should give it away. Is it Stamkos? Nope. Tavares? Yes. Now we only have our, uh, our, our two 90s, 2000s guys. Um, let's see here. I mean... No Neuendijk. No. So I'm going to pull up... Well, one of them played... Uh, it was a part of a a late addition to a certain dynasty team. Is it Brendan Shanahan? You're in the right ballpark. <laughs> okay, so it's a Red Wing. Uh, late addition. There's so many of them. That could be a million guys. Hall of, Hockey Hall of Famer. Luke Robitaille? Luke Robitaille. Yeah. And then the finally... Yeah. So then the last guy, I'll tell you the teams he's played for. He pl- he's played for – he started his career in the late 80s with the Red Wings, played a few seasons with the Blues, a few seasons with the Bruins, a few seasons with the Capitals, and then played his last three seasons with Philly, the Mighty Ducks, and Edmonton, respectively, after, and he retired after the 2003-2004 season. Adam Oates? Yes. Adam Oates. 
That's 20. Got him. Well done. I can't believe you got Frank uh, Mahovlich or whatever the hell that guy's name is. That's awesome. I could not could not get John Tavares or Johnny Gaudreau, but I got him. Oh, I'm glad you got him, though, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, any other thoughts, Taylor? Anything else you want to chat about? Or? Uh, I don't know. Well, on behalf of our president uh, of the Brendan delegation, Brendan Frazier, uh, we, we Brendans have excommunicated Brendan uh, Lipsick or whatever the hell that asshole's name is from Brendan Lipstick. from the Society of Brendans. So that comes straight from the top. Yeah. Again, our president, Brendan Frazier, um, swift oh. action on this. A, a firm but just ruler, Brendan Frazier. Of course. Yeah. He will no, he find no shelter here in the Society of Tailors. We don't have a ruler. Uh, we're more like a board of directors, I guess. Okay. So, yeah, so that was wild. One thing... I thought was wild with that especially is like it's just it so seemed like 12 year olds talking. Oh, yeah. it was ridiculous it's it's wild like people say things in group chats that they don't want to get out obviously and would seem rude and you know i'm sure blah 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 all that shit but this was so first of all it's incredibly mean-spirited but it's the kind of mean-spiritedness you get from a middle schooler right it was like wildly immature. Juvenile comments. I, it was so immature. And I mean, especially to like, I think that this sheds a, a much greater light on. And I've seen like some tweets about this actually, you know, since this has kind of come out, just like that there definitely is a bit of a, uh, putting it lightly, like a culture slash misogyny problem when it comes to hockey. I mean, not that that's breaking news by any means. And we've known that, but like, my yeah. God, like Brett Hall's comments where he was like, oh, you know, like hockey's not fun anymore. Like we did all this stuff in the 90s and got away with it. Now social media. And it's like, dude, like I get like I understand what you're trying to say, but it does not sound good, nor is it a good response to this situation. Um, you know, I, and it's it, it's just terrible. I mean, my God, like you're in the public eye for one. So like be careful with this stuff to begin with, but also it's a much deeper thing where, like you said, I mean, the comments were just like, just mean spirited and childish and just like wrong. And yeah, I have a, I have a hard time thinking that that guy's going to have a job now with like the capitals waving him and everything. Yeah. Well, the thing is he sucks. Yeah. Uh, so it actually kind of makes things not complicated at all. Cause he probably, I think he's going to have a hard time getting a job anywhere, but it also won't matter. Not like people are missing out a lot. It would have been more interesting to see what would happen if he was a even a like a third line type guy or or any kind of valuable player. Moderately which, decent, yeah. Yeah, because they probably still have to get like a suspension and maybe he gets traded because I forgot if he uh, he was. They he waved him yesterday or whatever. They they did the whole like waving him with the purpose of terminating his contract. Right, uh, but if he was good, for example, oh, yeah. they they might have had to trade him. Like, like who's gonna take that on you know yeah i don't know what would happen it would have been it would have been wild now i know it's gonna happen i think he's done with the nhl yeah. which he might have been after this year anyway it probably like, is for like the best for him too because i'm pretty sure that tanner pearson and jake vertinen probably would have like ruined this guy like on the ice so yeah because what did he say about vertinen pretty much just like just stupid juvenile shit just like making fun of him and just like saying stuff about like i think there would like they would like share pictures that he would post that Jake Vertinen would post. And it was just like saying stuff about that. I mean, he, Vertinen stuff was definitely more on like the lower end, but he was one of the ones like a player that he called out personally. But I mean, the stuff with Tanner Pearson's wife, like that's just like, you're just a piece of shit. Like, that's what I, that was so like, it, I know it's mean and stuff, but it also isn't like a conversation you would normally have as like an adult. No, <laughs> like, who talks like that? It's not even like a, a something you would do in college. Like this is it's a real like I like I already said it multiple times, but it was like real middle school shit. Super middle school, yeah. Apology also not very good. Didn't didn't really seem heartfelt. I don't understand like who started and why people continue to think that this whole like notes app apology thing is like a good idea. Bad idea. Where this fad started where people think that like posting like apologies for doing vile things like just writing something up in your notes app like a paragraph like who thinks that is a good idea i i don't know why i don't know why people continue to do that and act like that is a good idea but it is literally like 
on top of the fact that there's like no sincerity involved, it is literally the bare minimum that you could do. It really telegra- telegraphs your apathy. Super, yeah. Yeah. Like you didn't bother that you just took out your phone and wrote some shit down. Yeah. I think he stinks. Um there's been a lot of guys getting into some shit lately, and I'm I'm I wish I could remember. There was another NHL player that was in but it wasn't like this. It was sliding into the DMs and arguing. Oh, man. Yikes. I forgot who it was. And then there was obviously our friend Tony D'Angelo. Um, no, we don't like him. Get him out of here. It sucks, too, because he's like a fun, like good young player. And then you come to find out, like, oh, you're just terrible. He's an idiot, yeah. yeah. Uh, there's someone else. Though. I wish I could remember who it was. I don't remember if it was a, a current or retired player that was like, Someone made a joke on Twitter and it went like semi semi viral. Like I think John Apatow retweeted it, and it was an NHL player sliding in like this lady's DMs, and then she blocked him, and he DM'd her on uh, Instagram too. Like found her on Instagram to keep yeah. getting mad at her. Wow, I wish I could remember who that was because now I sound like an idiot. <laughs> but it was it happened. I promise. No, I know what you're talking about. I do. We'll <laughs> we'll uh, like tweet it out or something tomorrow once the episode goes live. Yeah, I. Uh, I'm not – let's see. I don't remember the guy's name, so I, I don't know who to cancel, unfortunately. Well, whatever. I can look it up, obviously. You could look it up. In the meantime, this guy is no longer a Brendan. I just want to make that clear. We, we do not welcome him at all to any of our further delegations or any of the gatherings of the Society of Brendans that will be happening for, like you know later in the year. So it's his loss, man. Brendan Fraser, Brendan Shanahan, uh, that's about it. So – yeah not missing oh, out on what's that i i was gonna say i, I don't think I could, i'm gonna be able to find out who this was but but no go, go ahead okay, the society of taylors you're led by taylor swift right that's tough absolutely not like i said we're um a board of directors we don't have a leader who's the executive of the board it's uh god i gotta think of something good for this taylor lautner Taylor Lautner's not a bad choice. Oh, man, you have that Taylor Lewin guy, too, that asshole from the Titans who's uh, – He's oh, a dick. That's tough. Yeah, he's not good. I <laughs> don't like him. Man, who – yeah, who is the executive of our board of directors? Oh, who chairs the meetings? I should that's have what I'm this. saying. You know what? It's Taylor Lautner. Screw it. Whatever. <laughs> it's him. He's the strongest Taylor. That's okay. I mean – Let's see. Is there any? Yeah, there's really no other. Uh, oh, we have Brendan Gallagher. He's a hockey, you know, from the the Canadians. We're happy to have him on board. Um, I mean, otherwise, the Brendans are we're a pretty exclusive bunch. Uh, we don't we don't take kindly to a lot of new new people coming through. Like this Lipsick guy, he wasn't even involved with us in the first place. We don't claim him as our own. He's he's an asshole, and anybody who. The, the fact that there are some people too who are like claiming that this isn't a big deal or that it was like an invade it's like no like you just don't you you don't treat people like that so that's yeah. that's all i have to say about it yeah well it's shocking to see uh world-class dipshit matt barnaby weighing on this and being oh like, my god oh okay okay i found it the thing i was talking about it's brandon prust Oh yeah, Brandon Pross, right? Yep, he's not. We are very anti-Brandon uh, in the Society of Brendans, so it's like we're anti-Tyler. Good. Well, yeah, don't like Tyler's in general. Nope. Don't let but, him. So what I was talking about was basically was Brandon Prost. Um, this lady shared a meme. It wasn't even a funny post. Uh, it was about basically about protesting the quarantine stuff, and he <laughs> lost his mind. Yeah tweeted at her, DM'd her, and then found her Instagram and said, liberate and chill my ass, you hypocrite. You Keep people on Twitter that call you out for it. Wait, read that again. He said, liberate and chill my ass, comma, you hypocrite, spelled just the you. Keep creating more racism and blocking people on Twitter that call you out for it. Yeah, Brandon Press is like a world-class dumbass. So I really like and the fact that he just like continued to double down while more and more people were like no, like you're super wrong, man. Like Yeah. Bunch of black I don't know. Heads. Yeah. Not great. So he's been canceled as well. So we got three guys out of there this week and uh we'll see what next week brings. Hopefully this quarantine ends so like 
I don't know. I miss you. I hope I can't wait till we do our episodes in person again. Yeah, same. And NHL players will stop losing their goddamn minds on the internet. God. Ugh, just the worst. All right, well, hey, that seems like a nice chippy place to end things, huh? <laughs> yeah, all right, sounds good. All right, well, everybody, thank you all so much for tuning in yet again. Be sure to check us out uh, on Facebook now, which is a new one. So check us out. Go like our Facebook page, Blue and Gold Make Darlene. And then, of course, we're on Twitter as well. Um, be sure to check out the Hockey Podcast Network at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com and on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. Uh, now, Taylor, are you ready for our random obscure Sabres player of the episode? Yep. Okay, everybody. Well, once again, thank you all for tuning in, and we are going to share this random player with you all now in three, two, one. Patrick Lalee. Quiet.